welcome back to another episode of the Fitness Education Podcast by me, Rob Matthews Coaching. Now, I'm not entirely sure what I'm titling this podcast. I'd imagine I've managed to clickbait it in some way with something like why 12,000 calorie diets are okay or something along those lines. Before I start, though, this podcast is a further deep dive into a topic I've spoken about before on the podcast, being episode 10, where I discuss why females need to diet differently to men. This podcast is going to dive deeper into that topic and further explain problems such as PCOS and the effects of the menstrual cycle slash menopause, etc. can have on diet and how it impacts everything from our basal metabolic rate and our need. Fancy words, I know, but I'll explain all in more common sense in a few minutes' time. But like I said, this is carried on from a previous podcast, episode 10 to be exact, so make sure you pause this episode now, go watch this episode and then come back to this one and you'll have all the information and background knowledge you need so this episode makes even more sense and helps you understand that these reactions are normal and to be expected, but more importantly, how to combat them. And on a more positive note, I don't have a cold anymore, so you should be able to listen more clearly in this episode rather than hearing me struggling to breathe, breathe that I did in that episode previously. So let's get on to it. As I finished that previous episode, I talked about how there was more factors at play with the main one being PCOS. For those of you lads out there that who may not have a clue what I mean, maybe even ladies too. PCOS is an abbreviation of polycystic ovary syndrome. Now, if you struggle with PCOS, what if I told you that the studies have shown due to experiencing PCOS, it can affect and reduce your basal metabolic rate by 14 to 40%. I'll repeat that again, 14 to 40%. Now, if you don't know what basal metabolic rate is, it's the amount of calories you burn just by being alive by your body's normal functions and processes such as breathing. We burn approximately anywhere between 60 to 70% of the calories we burn in a day through this basal metabolic rate. So imagine you burn, let's say, 65% of your calories on a daily basis through your metabolic rate. If you suffer from extreme PCOS, you could be affected by a reduction of 40%, meaning you only now burn 25% of the calories you used to for your basal metabolic rate. Now, still might not sound that bad. What if I told you that that reduction of 40% is more than you would burn by doing four gym sessions in a day? It's a big amount and something that isn't highlighted and talked about enough in the fitness community. Now, you can try to combat this by increasing other factors and ways we burn calories, such as increasing your NEAT by, you know, taking stairs instead of going up the escalator, increase your thermic effect of feeding by having a higher protein diet, and you can start training in the gym. But if you do not have considerations for PCOS, you're going to be losing not only the battle, but the war in your diet. Okay, so you may be thinking, how relevant is this to me? If you're a lad, maybe this is your first time hearing about PCOS. If you're a female, maybe you've never experienced it or weren't aware that this is what was causing your issues and problems. Polycystic ovary syndrome affects 6 to 21% of women. So that's one in five women who struggle with it, potentially. That is huge and quite terrifying for how little information is out there and publicly known. There's potentially females out there who are going to need to diet at 12,000 calories or even less to lose fat. Yep, I said it. So for all the Instagram posts telling you to stop these diets, yes, they come from a good place and right intention, but however, these are generalized statements and I'm sorry, but if you suffer from PCOS, you're going to have to do things differently. Now hear me out before I get canceled for this, no doubt. There's so little mainstream knowledge about nutrition, about menstrual cycles and about physiology that everyone even reading the title of this podcast will probably jump to cancel me for even saying it. 
because there is females and males that will drop their calories too low and down to these numbers and cause themselves dietary and eating disorders. I'm not disputing that and I've worked with clients who have previously done this with other coaches as they wanted the quickest results possible and didn't receive any education and care from these coaches. But if you are suffering from PCOS, you are different than these general clients. You are a special case in which we need to make special adaptations to the usual protocols. Now, no doubt there's someone already listening to this in my DMs telling me you can eat more and actually lose fat. No, you can't, and that defies all that we know about the energy balance equation, also known as a calorie deficit. We need to be in a deficit in order to lose not only fat, but weight. That's the cold heart truth. So how do you know if you have PCOS? What are the symptoms? What should you be looking out for, you might be asking. If you have two out of these three of these symptoms, then you are more than likely struggling or experiencing, should I say, PCOS. Hyperandronism, which is an increase in hormones, including testosterone, atrial cysts on your ovaries, and the third symptom being irregular or discontinued menstrual cycle, which is known as amorrhea or oligomenera. Any two of those and you suffer from PCOS. PCOS is more prevalent prevalent in the obese and this is something very rarely talked about due to the other issues that come with being obese. So as we've established earlier, PCOS is a barrier affecting fat loss and it's most prevalent in those who need to lose fat the most. Now we can establish why it is really a big issue, excuse the pun. Exercise, low GI and fat loss are the best solutions to treat symptoms and this is with insulin resistance as well. Exercise is something we should always be prescribing to people no matter the issue or condition. Same goes with a low GI diet when striving for a deficit most of the time anyway. And fat loss should always be the priority. Instead of looking for superfoods, fad diets, it just has to be fat loss. And a calorie deficit is the first step before looking at anything else and a great place to begin. We need to be pragmatic with our periods and we need to be in tune with our bodies and listening to our bodies. When I say this, I don't mean some yogi candles on sit in silence for two weeks out of four but like i stated in the last episode on this topic dieting every week of the month for a female probably isn't the best fucking idea if you want an enjoyable and sustainable transformation you need to consider your period in all things from training to nutrition to even if you use free weights or machines if unsure what i mean by this make sure to check out the last episode like i said episode 10 where i broke down week by week in day format stereotypically how you will feel how you should change your programming and how you should alter your diet based off where you're at in your menstrual cycle and the reason i say this is because as a woman you know your body best you know how you're feeling and what you're capable of on that specific day you know whether you have cramps and feel lethargic and, to, and could do with that extra 100 to 300 calories or if you feel unfucking beatable and want to keep smashing hip thrust that week. As a coach, I will react to how you feel and once we build up a relationship, I can get to know you and go, oh, it's the third, third week of the month and that means client Lucy is on her period and I need to program a machine-based workout for her this week and remind her she can bump her calories up this week to ensure maximum enjoyment but most importantly, sustainability. So let's talk about physique goals and expectations and ideologies of what a woman should look like in today's culture. Now, once again, before I get cancelled, these are observations, stereotypes, and what my female clients have told me that they feel pressured to be like. It's not my own opinion or what I try to get females to believe. Physique expectations and goals at the moment surrounding surround around skinny culture. They surround about six packs, small waist, thick thighs, you know the score, and could probably list off a hundred more. Great wee rhyme there. 
Um, and here's why I'm not a fan of that at all. I'm not saying women shouldn't have a six pack, but here's why if you do have a bit more body fat as a woman, you should be grateful rather than wishing it would finally go away. 50,000 calories. On average, that is the amount a woman needs to survive pregnancy. That's why if you do not eat enough or you have too high an activity level, you can hinder your ability to get pregnant. Six pack culture to me is not fitness. It's not health and well-being, and it certainly shouldn't be the pinnacle your Everest to your success in becoming fit as it's known. At the end of the day, you have two battles. One is against society pressures, such as getting that six-pack because a Love Islander star has got one, but the second against, is against your physiology. Now, you can only win one battle, because if you try to fight your physiology, you are going to lose and experience some battle scars from it, such as PCOS that we've already talked about, and a lot worse can be seen as well, such as eating disorders, even to the point of hospitalisation. But guess what? That battle we can win is against society, and it's a tough battle, don't get me wrong, but it's a battle worth fighting for. I recently did a post on this on my Instagram a wee while back that got a great reception, so I'm going to reiterate my points from it. Switch your mindset from skinny to strong. As I called it on my Instagram, be a silent killer, be an assassin. Too often the words or slogan used to get girls in classes, gyms, or doing anything physically active tend to be about defense or looks. Learn how to keep yourself safe against men. Make sure you're able to enjoy your night. Be able to walk home alone. Whatever the slogan is, it's pathetic and it's really demeaning to women. Therefore, we need to fight this battle. To flip the switch. To be strong, not skinny. Be a killer. Be strong. Hit thrust free digits rather than rather than sticking to the pink dumbbells in the corner as you don't want to get bulky from lifting, which is another fucked up marketing strategy myth, but I'll save that rant for another day. Be fit enough to dance all night in the club. Wear clothes you look good and feel fucking class in. Gain that extra confidence by progressively overloading, by believing in yourself. Be that secret strong girl that no one will fuck with. Instead of being petrified that your jeans no longer fit, be buzzing that you've progressively overloaded so much on hip thrust, you're chucking around huge amounts of weights, you've gotten so much stronger that you've forced the muscle to grow and your glutes are now popping out of your jeans. Instead of worrying while performing movements in the gym asking yourself, are those guys staring at me? You'll know that actually the guys are looking, trying to figure out how the hell you are squatting heavier than they are in your warm-up sets than they are in their working sets. And part of this muscle growth comes with it weight gain to keep forcing this progressive overload and giving the body what it needs to recover from these tough sessions. Weight gain is normal and should be silical. Look, there's a reason people don't diet at Christmas. It's freezing cold, you've got free jumpers on and there's an extra abundance of food everywhere you look. The problem isn't gaining that weight at Christmas, it's people not understanding how to lose it afterwards and cope with dealing with the weight gain. Use the extra calories when you have them. Don't beat yourself up about having that extra pigs and blanket. Look at it as that extra rep on hip thrust. That the chocolate that you've had before you've even got to the gym is simply a pre-workout boost to make sure you smash your session. Hopefully this podcast and the previous episode has helped you whether you are a female or a lad looking to gain a greater insight into what your partner is going through from a physiological standpoint all the way to societal pressures and mental battles. Now I've given you all the information and it is a lot of information I'm aware. So please, if you are unsure, if you'd like some further explanation, drop me a message, I'll help in any way I can. 
If this podcast series on why women need to diet differently than men has helped you, interested you, or you've just learned something you never knew, let me know. Share this episode to your story, tag me, and let me know your thoughts. I'll catch you again next Monday with another deep dive into the world of fitness. See you later.